Hello? Yeah, hi, this is Susie. I'm dating your ex. You're dating Narco? He's such a sweet guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. How long have you guys been together? I mean, we've been dating for like three weeks. He's just perfect. I. How can I help you, Susie? He says you won't divorce him, but I really want to marry him. So, can we work something out? Uh, okay. Um, yes, absolutely, I'll divorce him. Tell him to go ahead and sign the papers I sent over. Okay. You, you sent over papers? I, <laughs> yes, I sent them weeks ago. Could you please ask him to sign them for me? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, I gotta go. Narco! You finally had the nerve to leave your partner who you're pretty sure is a toxic narcissist. Or maybe they left you. And now, after years of psychological and emotional mind games, you're finally starting to breathe again. You are finally free of this horrible selfish energy and part of you thinks, I'm a brand new person. Life is just starting to really, really, really be good. Or it's on the way anyway. But then it happens. In person or on social media, you kind of spot your former would-be soulmate with someone new. You're quite startled by this and maybe it feels like you've been slapped in the face a little bit. But pretty soon, you notice there's something different about the narcissist. Somehow they seem happier, brighter, relaxed even. They're having a good time with a new person, maybe even someone who looks a little like you or who has something in common with you. They're laughing, they're talking, and they're even being charming. You wonder, who is this person? You're confused, you're hurt, you're angry. This person's a far cry from the narcissist you recently knew. Somehow your ex has transformed themselves back into the amazing person you fell in love with. What in the world is going on here? But seconds later, almost as if time is moving in slow motion, you realize what's happening. Your narcissist has found their next victim, and they are in the process of love bombing this person. And for just a moment, you get a front row seat. So a lot of people worry that the new supply of a narcissist is getting treated better than they got treated or getting the good stuff or the narcissist is finally better in treating them well or that you feel like that new person is getting all the good and you took all the bad. Well, you can stop worrying right now. They are not. It only looks that way. What that person is getting is called groomed. They are getting groomed to believe that the narcissist is a good person and going to be an amazing partner and being love bombed and being future faked and they're being groomed and trauma bonded just like you were. So let go of the worry and focus on your own healing because that is the path to recovering from a narcissistic abuse. Will the narcissist change for the new supply? Will they take everything I try to teach them and use it successfully in a new relationship? Listen, I know it stings. I know it hurts when you see the person you fell in love with re-emerging after you've been away for a while. And I also know that you wonder at least a little bit if somehow the narcissist was right all along and it really was just you. Side note, I promise you it wasn't. But let's talk about it. Is the narcissist really happier with the new supply? And if so, why? Really quickly, my general answer for this question is no, the narcissist won't be happier with the new supply. A lot of times we think to ourselves, well, I helped this person become a better person or they're using all the things I tried to teach them about being in a relationship with this new person and that's not fair to me. And here's the thing, it isn't fair, but it's also not real. For example, this is my ex-husband's third wife. I also met wife number two. The thing is, we couldn't be more different, but the pattern was the same for each of us. He's now married to wife number four, God help her. They say that the best predictor of someone's behavior is to look at how they acted in the past. And with a toxic narcissist, that's almost inevitably the case. So if you think about how you and the narcissist got together in the first place, they treated you a certain way. You heard things about past relationships and if you're in the process of leaving or you've already left you might be dealing with watching the narcissist romance a new love a new source of narcissistic supply why does the narcissist become the person you fell in love with when you leave
leave. Well, let's have a reality check, my friend. You were never the problem in your toxic relationship. I'm not saying you were perfect. I'm not saying you didn't make mistakes. I'm just saying the majority of your issues in the relationship were a direct reaction to the mind games and manipulation that you were putting up with in the relationship. First, allow me to acknowledge that while every step in the healing process after a toxic relationship with a narcissist can be very painful, this one that we're talking about today is probably one of the most confusing. See, while the bigger part of you knows that the narcissist is never going to really change, this other little part of you might still even love them a little bit, or to put it more accurately, love the version of them that you once believed was real. You know, the one you signed up for in the first place. And that's the part of them that they're now parading around. It's like you're mourning that version of the narcissist all over again. But let me repeat, the problem was not you. The problem was that the narcissist took you for granted. They got used to having you around. They got spoiled by you and your supply. And maybe they got board or maybe you demanded that they behave like an actual grown-up or their manipulation stopped working or they got shiny new object syndrome or they decided they didn't love you anymore or whatever and they left to pursue whatever it was that they wanted in that moment or maybe you finally had enough and you left them either way the relationship ended and you moved on or at least you're trying to now but you keep asking yourself that question will the narcissist treat someone else better is the new supply going to get a better deal than you had what you're really seeing is the love bombing phase see narcissistic abuse goes in cycles love bombing devalue discard hoovering love bombing devalue discard hoovering you have the love bombing where they're idealizing you they're making everything seem amazing and then they start to think you're human and they start to not like you as much and eventually they either emotionally or actually discard you in the relationship and then they try to suck you back in many times this cycle goes on for years or even decades but in any case when they get with a new supply they're going to be in the love bombing phase for a while maybe it would help you to understand why the narcissist has suddenly become mr or ms perfect again and here's the truth now that the relationship has ended whether it was the narcissist idea or yours to end things the narcissist was left without a source of regular narcissistic supply and it's not possible for a narcissist to exist long without it sure they'll have their little circle of supply they'll have their friends family members even people they've cheated with but now that you're no longer officially together the narcissist is out there on the prowl again seeking out the new source of narcissistic supply that they need to save them from themselves this is normal it's exactly what you should expect from a toxic narcissist. And while a small part of you might secretly hate the new supply, the other part of you sadly knows that it isn't going to be all hearts and flowers for the new supply either. That's right, if you really think about it, you're gonna know exactly how this story's gonna go. As you know, narcissists are very difficult to live with and even a reasonably intelligent person would kind of feel ashamed of themselves for tolerating the narcissist's manipulative tactic. And then before you know it, you might not see it from the outside, but chances are that the devalue and the discard goes on in their relationship as well. In reality, even though it might feel like you should be a little jealous of the new supply, the truth is you should probably feel a little bit sorry for him or her. The new supply is probably keeping any of their drama and BS that's going on under wraps right now. And if you're being honest, you might have done the same thing back then, especially on social media. One question I hear all the time is, should I tell the new supply? Do I have an ethical obligation to tell the new supply what they're getting themselves into? And unfortunately, unless that person is like your sister or your cousin or your very best friend in the world, you can't tell the new supply. I mean, you can, you can try. But just like I explained to you before, when the narcissist gets with someone else, one of the first things they do is start smearing their ex. And sometimes that isn't even their ex yet because narcissists like to 
you know, hold on to two branches at the same time. But they start smearing the other person that they were involved with, and then the new supply learns to see that person as crazy. That did happen to me with my ex as well. When that's the case and they're still in the love bombing phase, the, the point at which you could save them, you can't save them because they won't see what you're trying to do. They'll just be only concerned about, I'm in love, everything's awesome, and I'm going to stay right here. Narcissists have this way of thinking they're the center of everything, and you would think that somebody like that would only be able to have an amazing life where they're happy all the time right? And sometimes narcissists seem happy all the time to those on the outside. But when their needs aren't being met, when they feel like they're being lumped in with other people and not considered unique and special, that's when things get bad. If all those conditions are being met, they're perfectly fine. Problem is they have these egos tiny little fragile egos. I've talked about it before. They're like a little glass egg. They teeter on the end of their finger. Because this little ego is so fragile, it needs to be constantly fed, stroked, constantly built up. But when this doesn't happen, what happens? The narcissist becomes resentful, angry, unhappy with their lives. Narcissists get all of their happiness from external sources. They need flattery. They need to be good looking or rich or accomplished or to have the best possessions in order to get attention because they cannot self validate. And yet they won't validate you ever anytime, except maybe during love bombing. So if anything happens to a narcissist to make him or her feel less than amazing, the first thing they're going to do is crumble. And the second thing they're going to do is abuse their primary source of supply. If I'm in your shoes at this point, I'm going to make use of this situation and I'm going to go no contact or low contact. And I'm going to use it to my advantage. You should block them both on Facebook, the narcissist and the new supply so that you don't have to see it when you sort of torture yourself by stalking their profiles. It means you won't listen when some well-meaning flying monkey tries to offer you updates on the narcissist and the new supply. It means you're going to move forward and focus only on what you can control and not what you can't control. And since you couldn't control the narcissist while you were together, you sure as heck can't control them now. Nor should you want to. This person is no longer your problem. If you do have kids together and you can't go completely no contact, you go low contact, only dealing with the narcissist about the business of raising the kids, nothing else. And what if you have kids together? How do you deal with a new supply? when kids are involved. Chances are that you're already aware of the fact that dealing with a narcissist parent in any capacity puts a child at serious risk for long-term emotional and psychological trauma. Obviously, the more you can do to support them in this case, the better, but there are a few things you have to remember first. Number one, you can't make this about something you've done wrong. You can't blame yourself for this situation. So if you are struggling with feelings of self-blame or regret, or I'm sorry that I made that person my children's father, whatever it is, recognize that we all feel that way once we recognize what we're going through. It's not just you. But you also have to recognize that it's not your fault. You didn't sign up to be with a narcissist. And chances are you didn't recognize it until it was far too late. The fact of the matter is narcissists are really good at sucking people in. During love bombing, which we also call idealization, narcissists very often hide their true nature. And some of them hide it long enough that we end up having children with them. Some of them come out with it sooner, but we don't recognize it because maybe we grew up in a toxic home. Or there's also the fact that this type of abuse is incredibly subtle, hard to detect sometimes, especially because very often the narcissist blames you or the source of narcissistic supply for the problem. Anyway, whatever the reason was that you chose to get involved with this person, now you know better. And that is good. But if you sit around and you stress yourself out and you waste your energy wishing you hadn't done this or worrying about the effects on your kids, this is only going to make things worse 
worse for both you and your kids. In this case, you said most of your kids are young adults, which is positive because now you can explain things to them in a really specific way. In fact, you could even teach them about narcissism. And dealing with the flying monkey stepmother probably is more common than we would like to admit. Same for a flying monkey stepfather, if we're being honest. But how do you support your kids in this situation? What do you do to make sure that they don't get further damaged by the new step-parent? I think the most important thing you can do here is to make sure that you personally validate your children as often as you can when it's appropriate to do that. And of course, respect them and their personal space and their own needs and protect them where you can. We can't change the fact that their other parent is a narcissist. And unfortunately, that's something that your kids will have to come to term with. But what we can do is we can help your kids break the cycle so that when they get to the place where they're having children, they get into relationships, things like that. We can help to educate them so that they don't choose the wrong partners and they don't end up subjecting their own kids to what they've gone through. And you can do a lot to help make it better for your kids. You can help them develop coping skills. Like I said before, validating their feelings is a huge part of all of this. A narcissistic parent, by nature, invalidates their children, their spouse, anyone that's in their inner circle. This may include the flying monkey step-parent, but that's not your concern here. Validating their feelings will allow them to recognize, number one, I'm not crazy. Number two, my feelings are real and my feelings are valid. I know growing up, that was one of the biggest things I struggled with, was feeling like my feelings weren't real and they weren't valid and I didn't matter. If you're familiar with the typical toxic family structure, the child who tends to be the scapegoat child is the one that you really have to pay attention to here. This is the child that is constantly targeted by the narcissist. And to validate the scapegoat child could change their lives so quickly for the better. You need to let them know that it's okay to be angry and that their feelings are justified. They have a right to be angry and that they don't deserve what has been happening to them and that they deserve to be loved and cherished like everyone else. Now, something a lot of people won't say to you is also keep your eye on that golden child and the lost child. Sure, the golden child may have had certain validation from the parent, but it's almost never about the child. It's almost always about how the parent sees him or herself reflecting on the child. And the lost child, that's the one you really need to watch out for. The lost child, just like the scapegoat, may feel very invalidated and very upset and very angry. Their feelings are real and valid and important. They need to feel heard. Whoever your kids are, however they fell into the toxic family structure, each of them needs validation of their feelings. Each of them needs to know that their feelings are real, they're allowed to have them, and that they are justified. A lot of times we might find ourselves wanting to deny what happened or pretend it didn't happen or pretend it wasn't as bad as it was because we feel like we're protecting ourselves or we're protecting our kids. But in reality, that's the opposite of what we need to do as parents of a child who has a narcissistic parent. And the same goes for the flying monkey. You wanna help your kids not blame themselves. You wanna help them understand that this is not their fault. We know that narcissists love to blame other people for everything and that they don't take any responsibility on their own. So if a narcissist throws a temper tantrum or a fit or has a lot of complaints to say, they'll usually claim that the problem is you. You made them do that somehow. You made them have all the complaints or you made them have a problem with you. And the same goes for your kids. Narcissists need to believe that they're above everyone else. They're too good for that stuff. See, they have to think that they're above it because they need to like cover themselves or protect themselves from seeing the actual truth about themselves. In reality, they feel inferior. Blaming other people, including and especially sometimes the scapegoated child, adult or otherwise, well, it's like second nature for the narcissist. It's something they literally almost need to do. So how do you help your kids? So helping them understand the truth and helping them understand what they've gone through, that the blame is not right, that it's not acceptable, it's unfounded, it isn't real, it's not their fault, 
Well, that's going to go a long way for the kids. It's going to really take a burden off their shoulders, if you will. So depending on the age of your kids, I know in your case, you said they were young adults. Like I said, you can tell them everything. For kids of different ages, just tell them what you can tell them, given their age and intellectual ability to understand without demonizing the other parents. Tell them the facts, not the feelings, and teach them how to deal with what happens from that point as much as you can. Teach them how to gray rock. When it comes to the flying monkey step parent, we have a whole other ball of wax here. But bottom line, as long as your children are understanding, hey, this is an acceptable. Hey, this person is also a victim to your narcissistic parent. Hey, this person is doing your father's bidding, whatever it is. They need to understand it from a logical perspective. From an emotional perspective, perspective, they have to understand their parent is incapable of validating them. So this leads you to help them feel validated as we discussed. As parents, one of the most important things we can do for our kids is to teach them resilience, to teach them that they are deserving and worthy of love, to show them all of these things, to help them learn how to stand on their own two feet to get through life's hardest parts. So you can model this for them personally by, of course, being resilient in your own life and by giving them the unconditional love of which the narcissist is incapable. And of course, then you can also show them through your own actions, through your own behavior and the way you live your life, what it means to have empathy for other people and how a person lives when they have empathy, how they behave toward other people. You, of course, always want to encourage them and lift them up as much as you can for anything they're doing in their life that's right and healthy and good, but don't give fake compliments. Don't say, oh, I'm so proud of you for you know losing your job or something like that. Say instead, if they lost their job, I'm so excited and proud of you that you're looking for a new job already. It's just been 10 hours and there you are putting your resume together. So essentially, it kind of supports their understanding of what competence is and it supports their ability to feel competent and to actually be competent. So you're not lying to them. You're not telling them, oh, you're amazing when they're not. You're saying, hey, specifically, I'm proud of you for this thing that you're doing and I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Or, hey, it's really cool that you're making the choice to stop doing this thing and I want to encourage you to stay on that path, whatever that is. And of course, you want to reinforce their ability to feel self-confident as much as you can and teach them to listen to themselves, listen to their own instincts, listen to what it is they feel when they're around someone because that lesson, that ability to understand how you feel when you're around another person, that's really the, the key to figuring out who's toxic and who's not in your life. If you really think about it, if you're spending time with someone and you don't ever feel comfortable around that person, you don't ever kind of let your guard down and feel relaxed around that person, that person probably isn't good for your life. Whether you want to call them toxic or you want to call them a narcissist or whatever you want to call them, if someone makes you feel yucky every time you spend time with them, that's a sign that person probably doesn't belong in your everyday life. The last thing I would say is that you might notice that your children tend to take out their anger on you sometimes, or at least vent their anger to you, and you might feel frustrated and overwhelmed by this, especially if it's still kind of a new painful situation for you, in which case I would say make a point of not taking it personally. It's hard to do it sometimes, but recognize what your children are saying. Even if you can't actually give them an answer, simply validate them. Oh, honey, I so understand how that feels. I wish there was something I could do to help you. But here's a way that you can deal. You know, teach them the gray rock method. Don't show them your emotions. Don't give them your emotions. They can refuse to speak to the stepmother if they want to, but that's only going to cause the father to pull further away in this case. And if that's the case, in my opinion, so be it. If it's a problem for your children, your children are going to have to make some choices. They're going to have to make the choice to either continue the relationship in a modified way or to let go of the relationship because it's unhealthy for them. But how do you deal with the painful reality of watching the narcissist be perfect for someone else? 
Number one, see the patterns. Start by remembering what you dealt with and by recognizing what the new supply will deal with soon enough if they're not already going through it. And even if you're tempted to warn your narcissist new supply about what they're getting themselves into, don't do it, even if your intentions are good. Since chances are they're still in the love bombing or idealization phase, and since your ex has probably told them a lot of big lies about you, they're not going to believe you anyway, and you're going to end up regretting the decision to reach out for a number of reasons. Number two, realize the truth. Don't sit around thinking that the narcissist new supply is going to end up getting the benefit of all the hard work you did trying to fix them. It doesn't work like that. The narcissist is and always was exactly who they are. They always will be. They don't change. I'm not saying they can't change because I believe that if a narcissist were to really dig in and discover and heal their core wounds, it might be possible. But in all the years I've worked in this business, I've never seen it happen. And I've never seen it happen with any narcissist in my own life, nor anyone that I've worked with. I've interviewed a number of psychologists and other experts in this industry who will tell you the same thing. A narcissist does not change, not for long anyway. The most you're going to get out of them is a temporary behavior modification. And that is only if the narcissist gets something out of it. Number three, grieve the relationship. This is somewhere I failed in my early recovery. Rather than grieving the relationship, I thought it would be a good idea to avoid my feelings and just move forward. That turned out to be a terrible idea because it would later come back and bite me in the butt. The fact is, while the grief process will wait, it will not go away. Eventually, you're going to have to grieve the person you signed up for and let them go. So get it over with while you can. This brings me to number four, be honest with yourself. Remember that you're not really mourning the person you lost. You're mourning the person that you thought you had, the illusion of who you believed they were. It's an ever turning cycle. The narcissist will repeat in varying iterations for the rest of their lives. Be glad you're off that wheel, my friend. This brings me to number five, put yourself first for once. Stay focused on you making your own life better. You have already been tortured enough. If you've let this situation continue to make you miserable, you're only allowing the narcissist to continue the abuse and to control you from far away. Take back your life, my friend, and choose to be happy in your own way. Focus on what you can control, not what you can't. That brings me to number six, put the focus on healing. It's time for you to heal and start to release the anger and the sadness. As you work on your own healing, the layers of anger and sadness will soon disappear. One of the hardest things for me and for many survivors of these kinds of relationships was mourning the illusion of that perfect relationship that we truly wanted to believe that we had. Letting that go was a big step for me and many other survivors have told me the same thing. That brings me to number seven, don't overthink the new supply. Never compare yourself to the new supply unless it's to feel sorry for them as you take note of the pattern that you're thankfully no longer subjected to in your own life. Don't do yourself the disservice of trying to think that the new supply is in any way better than you. Narcissists are really picky, so chances are if the new source of supply seems better than you somehow, it's only because the narcissist hasn't managed to ruin them just yet. Number eight, skip the what ifs. Don't what if and if only yourself to death. It's really common to have feelings of regret after any relationship ends, and you wouldn't be human if you didn't wonder what you could have done differently or whether something you said or did could have been the trigger that kind of caused it all to go downhill. But that's not the truth and it's not helping you. It's only causing you more pain and chances are you couldn't have changed the situation anyway without going completely insane trying to make the narcissist happy. But you were going for something that was impossible because remember, the narcissist will never be truly happy. True happiness comes from within. And if we're being honest, narcissists are sort of empty on the inside, at least on an emotional level. That's why they need supply. Now it's time to live in the moment and think about how you want your future to go. So what do you think? This brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever experienced watching your ex, a narcissist, get involved with a new person or even just appear to return to the person they used to be? And how did it make you feel? What advice would you offer to your fellow survivors in this situation? 
or are you currently dealing with this issue? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. And before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm gonna leave for you right here and right there. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button right there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.